This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. This segment is brought to you by the Zuckerberg Institute. This is Randy Zuckerberg Means Business on Business Radio. Hi, this is Randy Zuckerberg here, host of Randy Zuckerberg Means Business on Sirius XM Business Radio Channel 132. Thanks so much for joining us today. I had a great time on Dan's show on his small business uh, town hall. His show is live every day on Sirius XM Business Radio. Great host, and I truly encourage you to check that out. So without further ado, I'm thrilled to introduce our first guest, Jim Scheinman, who's a dear friend, an incredible investor entrepreneur and uh, recently wrote a fantastic piece on Medium about how to have hope during this time and uh, really pinpointing some industries and areas of opportunity. So if you're at home right now, maybe your business is suffering a little bit, you're thinking about a pivot, Jim has just a, a whole giant list of ideas for you where there is opportunity coming out of this madness. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Randy, for having me on the show. It's it's always a pleasure to chat with you and to be on on the show. It's not, it's my first, it's my second time on your show. Yes, so I know back. repeat <laughs> guest. So that's how that's how all of our listeners can know it's a good one because I I do I only repeat the uh, the the superstars. Um, just to to brag about you for a moment, Jim Scheinman is founding partner at Maven Ventures. He has achieved five unicorn level successes over the past twenty years as a founder executive and investor. One of his top performers in his portfolio is Zoom, the go-to service for uh, socializing, working, everything during social distancing. I think um, Zoom is up to something like 200 million uh, people who are using their their video chat service. And Jim is a just a huge leader in the community in Silicon Valley. He's spoken at TED, um, at many big conferences. And again, Jim, we're thrilled to join you. So before we dive into consumer behavior, which you've so well covered, maybe you can give us a lay of the land of what your life looks like right now. Like what is your virtual setup? You know, so it's interesting. Um, you mentioned Zoom because we were very early investors uh, we've been living in a virtual work environment for, uh, you know, five or six years. And so it's not, you know, that piece of it isn't so unique. I'm, I'm comfortable doing my work uh, virtually. And it's frankly, I mean, you know, six or seven years ago, we realized just how efficient it's been. It's going to be for us to, to use, you know, virtual platforms like Zoom to do many of our meetings. So on that respect, for us, it hasn't been so unique. Um, however, you know, like you, uh, you know, being home with the whole family and uh, not being able to go out. And, and I, like, I, I love your message early on, Randy. I think you're right. Absolutely. Stay stay home, stay safe. It's going to help all of us get back to normal much faster. And, you know, we've been doing that as a family now for a month. And uh, we're, it's, we're finally in a beautiful rhythm. I think I hear that from a lot of friends and family that, you know, it's taken a little time for everyone to adjust. We have three kids, three adult kids uh, in a way, you know, two in college and one uh, gone to high school. And so, um, you know, fortunately, everyone's getting along. And, and uh, I think the, the one I was, I'm sitting here in my makeshift now, a l- little bit larger office space I made um, with and my dog is sitting next to me. And I'm thinking, I think he's probably had the biggest judgment on one hand, you know, 
where he's loving all the attention. <laughs> On the other hand, he's like, would you guys leave me alone? I used to get three or four hours alone every day to nap, you know? So, uh, <laughs> what are all these humans doing in exactly, my face all day? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, oh, my gosh. Like, uh, I- yeah, yeah. Is there anything actually, that you have uh, have hoarded or stockpiled that surprised you? Um, I, I fortunately, my you know my my lovely wife family is not you know is reminded us to be conscious of that of that and not hoard. Although I think early on, like so many people, three weeks ago, we probably bought too much toilet paper and bounty tissues and things, Kleenex and things of that nature. Um, so, uh, you know, but, but not, not crazy amounts, you know, we maybe bought an extra case on Amazon early on. Um, <laughs> but no, I think we've been very fortunate. We're, we live like, you know, with, in an area like you where there's, you know, very, we're lucky to have fresh food. Um, we have a farm that delivers food to a home. You know, we all go pick it up uh, at different hours on a Wednesday. And so we get weekly fresh food there. And, uh, you know, the places around here, so far, so good. We've been able to not have to to do that, and we're, we're pretty. We try to be very conscious of not doing that. And I, I also want to give a, a, a shout out and a, a notice because I think you did a great job of mentioning all the people in the front line. To you know, uh, a lot of the folks who had, was it ten million plus people who are who have lost jobs in the last couple of weeks, which mm. is just astounding. And my heart goes out to those people, and I and I truly hope we can get back to some kind of normal sometime soon. And many of those people hopefully go back to work. But it's a scary time for a lot of people, and, and I think it's important for us to acknowledge that, especially as we're going to be talking about, you know, the, the hope that will be coming after COVID-19 and potential huge areas of new job creation and billion-dollar companies that I, that I think we'll see. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that. And, uh, you know, I, I was a guest on the, the pat, the show before this on business radio. And I was talking about how I, I spent the past 24 hours at being almost a psychological counselor to, um, entrepreneurs who were going through the small business loans and kind of trying mm-hmm. to navigate these just like this Kafka like maze of non-functioning websites to try to mm. get these small business loans. I'm, I don't know if you've been in, in the weeds with that, with any of your uh, investments that you're supporting, but that's been, wow, that's, that's a whole new level of torture to throw on top of a global <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, it is. It's a real crisis. And, and um, you know, we, I have friends who left the tech industry here in Silicon Valley to go work in the government, to work at senior levels, the tech uh, you know, in different tech positions. Um, and it's astounding how, unfortunately, how backwards a lot of our tech is in the government. And, and there's, by the way, there's huge opportunities there to help get our government back, you know, up to speed and at the forefront of a lot of the technology. So some of, I, I think it was on 60 Minutes, I heard this Sunday where people were calling 50 times a day in New York to try and get their unemployment claim or SBA claim, you know, and, and the website's down. You can't get in. It's 50 calls a day. Like, sorry, we're busy. And the numbers were astounding. I don't remember exactly. So you should, we should look it up. It was something like they can process 50,000 a week out of the 1.3 million requests. So you, you add it up, you know, do the math. Like this is going to be a massive issue. Um, and I think that there are already companies here in Silicon Valley and elsewhere working to make that a much more efficient, uh, you know, uh, system for everybody, and and definitely big opportunity down the road post COVID nineteen to help the government, you know, modernize their technology. 
Absolutely. For anyone who's just tuning in now, you're listening to Randy Zuckerberg Means Business here on SiriusXM Business Radio 132. I'm your host, Randy Zuckerberg. We're speaking with Jim Scheinman, founding managing partner at Maven Ventures. Jim, before we dive into your list of, of consumer behaviors that we think are, are really changing for the long term and presenting big opportunities, I'd love to just get kind of the, the brief rundown on your career. Um, what led you to start Maven Ventures? and some of your the biggest success stories that you're proudest of? Sure. Um, so I've been an entrepreneur from, you know, college days. I guess it was just always in my blood. And my, my father was a successful entrepreneur. He was a doctor by training and then became an entrepreneur. So it was a, I saw it around me and it was just something that we did. We started companies. We did our own thing. Um, and, you know, I, w- I was lucky. I went to law school uh, in between um, the first family business that we started, and I decided that it was good training, but I didn't really want to be a lawyer. It wasn't the kind of work I wanted to do, and I ended up working in Silicon Valley at a law firm and joined a tech company, and then that was a spin-out of CNET, which became NBC Internet, the fifth largest website in 1999, went public, $6 billion public company, and boom, I was in the tech, you know, the middle of the tech world and in, in a huge play, and then the first crash uh, you know, 99, 2000 happened. And, and that $6 billion public company went to like, you know, half a billion overnight. So I've seen, this is my fourth cycle now, right? We're living in, and I think it's important to have that kind of perspective. And, and I, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid and oh, I've, I have cried. Know. I have cried in closets over like <laughs> moments where I was like, I'm a millionaire. No, I'm <laughs> broke. <Yeah. No>. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've been there. So yes, for anyone out there who's struggling, like, these times come and go. It's a roller coaster. Money comes and goes. So thank you. That's great perspective. Well, and and the truth is, you know, a lot of the young entrepreneurs who have started, let's say in 2008, 9, 10, post the last, uh, you know, great recession, they've only seen a market that's been up and to the right. And I think this is a very healthy correction in some ways, especially in the early stage, you know, uh, consumer software market. So from, from my first MBCI days, and I uh, was lucky enough to meet Jonathan Abrams, the founder of Friendster, the first social network, and got to meet, uh, you know, your brother Mark and you through that at Facebook and helped uh, left Friendster and helped launch Biba, which became a big success and sold that to AOL in 2008, the, you know, with the, the founders, Michael Sochi Birch, and that was a billion-dollar exit in 2008, and then I realized um, – you know, I had a bunch of other companies' success and failures along the way in between there. And I love being an entrepreneur, but I, I was lucky enough to get an opportunity to work in the venture business for a year and to be on the other side of the table investing in companies, thinking I was going to start another company, ended up never starting another company, just investing and um, left left the firm that I was at to just open my own firm in 2008 called Maven Ventures. And in 2013, raised my first fund, which essentially from 2008 to 2013, I was an individual investor. In 2013, um, I had outside investors, and so I had a proper fund. And we're now in our third Maven fund. 2019, we closed our third fund. It's a $65 million micro VC fund, which means that we're, we're a sub $100 million fund and focusing on very early stage. And um, as, as you mentioned, uh, thanks for, for mentioning that, You know, we were very proud of the five unicorn or billion dollar exits that we've invested in over uh, since 2008. And uh, Zoom is, is obviously our biggest success story and has been you know, helping change how we live. And from living through Zoom, not only you know, in the last several months, like hundreds of millions of people, but also the last seven years, that's really helped me think through a lot of these 10 trends that, I've, that I'm pretty sure many are going to happen over the next you know, year or two or three 
to help create billion dollar business opportunities. And that's why I wrote my blog, uh, Hope After the Coronavirus Pandemic, uh, these new 10 new consumer behaviors here to stay. Um, and we won't have time to dig into all of them, but there are a few I'd love to chat with you about, or if there are any that you wanted to mention. Yeah, let's 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 dive right into those because there, I mean there are so many that I have here, and uh, I mean you mentioned Zoom, so why don't we start with with work from home and telecommuting because I mean. Zoom has truly revolutionized the way that I'm able to work from home. And I mean, clearly, along with 200 million other people who've downloaded the platform in order to, to work remotely. So uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think that um, work from home will stay in place after we're, we're allowed to go back out? Is there going to be kind of some some shift in that? I really do think so. I, um, you know, it was clear to me over the last three to four years living in that environment uh, that we need to go this way, right? There's so many reasons why it makes sense. Now, by the way, I should say, I don't think we will always only own, you know, all work from home. I think it's, it's, it's important to have a headquarters often for many companies. It's sometimes absolutely necessary for certain businesses like food, you know, cooking, kitchens, et cetera. Um, but for many companies, you know, you could have a small headquarters where people check in. Maybe everyone shows up once a week to have a check-in or, or certain teams meet in person when necessary, um, and and then you can let people work from home. I think the issue before was trust, right? Like, you know, would you trust your employees to do the work they're supposed to do, work full hour, you know, eight-hour days or 10-hour days or whatever your expectations and requirements are? Um, and, and, the, and the truth is that without a pandemic like this, you know, for human nature, it was going to be hard for, for bosses and companies and CEOs to, to sort of test the waters. Now they have no choice. And I think what they're realizing is that much of that, uh, those trust issues go away. Like people want to work. They want to be productive. They want to get, they want to do a good job. They want to keep progressing within the company and they can be effective at home or in a cafe or wherever they are. Um, And and if they're not, then they need to find a place where they can be effective. If it's not at home, it needs to be somewhere else. Maybe it isn't an office space. Maybe it's uh, an office within the house, you know. Um, but and if they're not going to be productive, then guess what? They probably weren't going to be a productive employee in the office either. So that's know, right. That's an issue with that person, not necessarily with how we work. And I think that the advantages of a work from home environment or work from outside an office environment are massive. For example, you could live an hour or two away from where you work and not have to worry about a commute. Right. And it, you can have quality, more quality time at home. And be so much more grateful for your company to allow you to have that and still get your eight to 10 hours of work done a day or whatever the requirement is, right? And, and um, I think it's going to help with travel. I mean, I think definitely we're going to keep traveling. We're going to keep meeting people in person. But we don't necessarily have to be on the plane all the time, flying around everywhere. And, and when you think about the waste of time getting to a flight, getting into a flight, getting on a flight, getting off, getting a car, you know, renting, mm-hmm. get, rent, all that goes away. You can actually be a lot more efficient. You know, like literally people would spend two days for an hour meeting. (laughs) For sure. It is crazy. Uh, And I mean, if we're all able to even be a little bit productive right now when we're dealing with a global pandemic and all of our children being home and everything, I mean, imagine just the surge in productivity when when life goes back to normal just a little bit. Jim, what do you think this means for co-working spaces? Do you think that people are going to be excited to go back into them and and be around other people or are people going to be nervous and think, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I don't want to be around other people who might be sick? Um, do you think co-working spaces are going to suffer or do you think there's an opportunity? 
Yeah, I, th- I, I well, I think that's a it's a bigger you know question, and uh, it's a very good question. I think it's not just co-working space, but how about concerts and sporting events and just going to the you know the shopping market? I think there's the way I look at it, it's going to be a, a, a trend of there's going to be a you know a year probably where we're going to live very cautiously. We'll probably will go back to co-working spaces with masks on, and probably you know sort of uh, keep our distance. I think once we have a you know, a vaccine and a cure and people are comfortable that the virus is not going to, you know, be as, you know, deadly and it's not going to spread as quickly or it's going to be solvable. It's, it's gone as an issue. We'll go back to more, much more of a normal uh, pace. And I think people will be comfortable going back to co-working space. The only question is when is that six months, a year or two years from now? Um, and so, and I think it's a good alternative for, for companies potentially to, to rent out workspaces or, you know, open desks for their employees to go and work as opposed to having to have their own expensive place that they have to manage. Right. So mm-hmm. in some ways, it could could be a boon for workspaces at some point when we're feeling more comfortable. And, you know, again, I don't know if that's six, 12 months, you know, 24 months. Um, I do think that, you know, socially, it's going to be interesting. Like, when are we all going to be comfortable getting together in an enclosed environment with 20,000 sports fans? It's going to take some right. time. And what does this do to the whole sports industry? I mean, huge opportunities on the consumer side for sports. Uh, you know, we've always talked about being, being able to sit at home and really engage uh, in, in potentially a virtual environment in sports, you know, which would be interesting. Maybe this would be one of the jumping off points and sparks for the virtual reality world. Um, of course, we're not quite there yet on the hardware, but I know, I know Facebook is working on this and others. When we have the hardware and it's really easy to use and cheap enough and, and it doesn't, you can wear it for two hours without feeling like you're getting dizzy or sick, you know, I think it could be a really interesting ex- consumer experience to be able to experience live sporting events from, from your home with other people, with thousands, maybe instead of 20,000, 100,000 fans. It'd be really fascinating. It's totally. At some point. I, I- it's t- completely going to happen. For anyone just joining us, we're speaking with Jim Scheinman. Um, Jim is the founding managing partner at Maven Ventures. He wrote a fabulous piece on Medium that I encourage you to, to check out about um, major consumer behavior trends that we should look forward to in the future in order to take advantage of opportunity right now. So, Jim, we, we were just talking about kind of work from home and telecommuting. Um, we were starting to get into kind of digital entertainment and sports. But before we do, if you were a startup or an entrepreneur working in kind of the, the telecommuting, video conferencing, whatever it is, what would you be doing right now? How would you be pivoting? What, yeah. Where do you capture the opportunity? Yeah, so, yeah, that's a, good, a really good question. I, I, here's what we do. We think about, okay, so we need, our thesis is that telecommuting is not going away. In fact, especially amongst the Gen Z and millennials, it's it's so much more comfortable for them to be able to work from where they are, wherever they want to be. And I think that's just a future trend. So if, if that's right, and that's not going away, and now we have folks who are, say, 35 to 65, who are much more comfortable in this environment, know how to use Zoom and other tools, and, more, and most importantly, the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies and small, medium businesses all over the world are comfortable with, with the notion of working from home and people being productive. This is a trend that's going to happen. Now you have to think about, well, what, is that, what, what does that mean specifically, and how can I sort of take advantage of that? And if you have a software company that's working in that, that's doing something to help people in that space, uh, how do you build future you know, product 
or think about your future roadmap that will be more effective in a world like that. Or what we think about is like what kind of consumer experiences are, is that going to create that software can make much better. That's right. Even or even just things for um, for home offices. I mean, I I saw that the sale of computer monitors has gone up two hundred percent now that people are working from home. So even if if you have an opportunity to to pivot into e commerce to be staffing people's home and and virtual offices, something like that is is really important. Oh, I, I think potent. All right. Potentially we lost Jim. That's okay. Uh, because I have, uh, while we get Jim back on the line, uh, I have a, a really interesting chart in front of me of some of the top 100 fastest growing categories and a hundred declining categories. So for example, um, at the top of the, the fastest growing categories in business right now, bread machines, up 700% the sale of bread machines. So apparently a lot of you out there are making homemade bread right now. Um, I don't know if that's because you, you want to do something with your hands and have a creative hobby or because they're running out of bread in your local grocery stores. But that was surprising to me to see, um, weight training, people buying free weights that has increased by 307% the sale of free weights. I guess as, as people can no longer go to gym and fitness studios, people want to work out from home, free weights. They're easy to get They're They're affordable. Um, I, I was also interested in some of the food categories because I would have thought like canned soup and things like that would have been the fastest, but fruit cups, apparently are one of the, the fastest growing, uh, at 300%. Uh, all right, Jim, are we, do we have yeah. you back on the line? Excellent. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. All right. It's know. great. To, it's okay. I was just blathering on about how no, 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 bread. No, I, I heard you. I, I'm actually part of that. I, we bought some fitness stuff. I couldn't believe they were sold out of any weights over, you know, dumbbells over 25 pounds. It was unbelievable everywhere it in is. the area. I mean, it is crazy. And apparently, and ping pong, the sale of ping pong yeah. sets is up over a hundred percent. So there you go. And by the way, um, here's new business opportunities. I mean, yes. we're, we're, we're working with trainer. My trainer who we've, I've worked with is now working with me twice a week, which is better than my once a week before with my kids. I, we love it. I look forward to that twice a week now. It's unbelievable. And by the way, for him, he's got income, not just us, but with, all of his other clients are doing this and yoga instructors. And, you know, like if you're a small business or medium, small, medium business, think about how you can now create this into an opportunity. You could even become the distributor of all the, the stuff that people need for the fitness, right? So now you can make some money by selling the, the things that you're going to be teaching and also charge hourly for your fees. And you could do that from your home. That's a great idea, Jim. And I, um, uh, you know, there have been so many things, even for my own children, that we've been able to go virtual for. We, My children now take virtual piano lessons with a piano yeah, instructor, awesome. virtual taekwondo classes, and... Um, my son who, who gets occupational therapy, even that is happening virtually. So it's, um, it is, so there are really, um, you know, opportunities for anyone out there. Yeah. Sorry, where you, the food thing, I think I want to mention a couple, I want to make sure we get to a couple that I, I think they're really interesting. And one that I know quite a bit about, um, so, you know, we're doing a lot of takeout, right. And, and I wonder if, if that's also not going to change and to the extent that, 
maybe restaurants are going to rethink. Maybe they're open for business, um, you know, three days a week for people to come in. But then the other times they're open just for takeout and delivery, right? And or, um, you know, this, this idea of um, – are you familiar with Amazon Go where you go in a store, grab stuff, and leave? Have yes. Any of the stores? Yeah. So the idea where you just never pull out a, a credit card or wallet or anything, you just literally walk into a store and these cameras follow you around, what you pick out, you put it in a bag and you leave. And then boom, on your phone comes a receipt. And we, we actually invested in a company called Zipin, which is doing the same thing. We have partnerships with massive retailers around the world and smaller stores. And, you know, if you think about a post-COVID world where people are going to be nervous around being around each other, you, you know, we could actually limit the number of people who could physically be in that space, right? So you can't come into the place until someone leaves. And, but it's very fast. You could literally do your shopping in three minutes, five minutes. So it's a constant stream of people in and out. And you never, you're never touching anything except for the product and you put it in your bag. So, and there's no cashiers who can get sick or get you sick, right? Like this is, this is going to be a boon for this industry. I, I'm pretty sure of it. And, and what does that mean? Well, potentially restaurants could also now deliver their food to these small zip in cube stores or Amazon Go type stores within your local community. Like, for example, if you have a massive apartment building structure, mm. there could be a, a, a quick and go, you know, grab and go breakfast, you know, lunch and dinner place where local restaurants can just deliver their fresh food and boom, it sits, you know, and I, I, you could create whole new revenue streams and businesses from this model. That's good. Stuff I, like that's going to happen. I love that. That uh, That's so awesome. Jim, I want to jump to, um, two of your other trends, you talk in your article both about telemedicine and about mental health and how you think there's going to be a, a whole renaissance of, of mental health and therapy over video. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've seen, we saw this vision like three or four years ago. Um, again, th this only could exist when you had a product like Zoom where it's HD quality, where it doesn't zap out of you in the middle of the call or start getting jittery, where you can actually talk about the deep emotional issues that you talk about with a therapist without it being uncomfortable and feeling like you're really there. Literally until Zoom came around, it was impossible to do. When Zoom came around, I said, this is going to happen. And then the issue was HIPAA issues, insurance issues are the mostly, um, you know, non-Gen Z therapists ever going to transition from in-person to doing this online, even though it's so much more convenient for them and their and their customers, you know, and the, uh, the therapy patients, right? Um, and then, boom, the pandemic happens, and guess what? Anxiety and depression, which is already on the rise, goes through the roof, and these th therapist patients need to see their therapist, and the therapists have no choice but to do this. And they're they're now it's transformed the way that mental health industry is functioning today, and I'm positive will continue after. And so what kind of businesses can be built to make that even a better experiences? Um, and you see it like group therapy through organizations like AA are happening on Zoom everywhere. So can these therapists do not only individual sessions, but also larger group therapy sessions for people who are sharing the same issues and be much more efficient and effective in reaching millions of more people that way and making more money for themselves and helping the society all because it's happening through, you know, Zoom or virtual, uh, you know, other uh, video platforms. Um, and, sure. and, and there are massive businesses to be built there. And I think it's going to be a great thing for society. Super quick. You have to share with our listeners the story of how you named the company Zoom. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was very fortunate to be uh, introduced to Eric Yuan, the founder of Zoom, very early on. I was working and helping starting another video company called Tango, which was the largest uh, video platform on the app stores in both Apple and Android. And, and we got connected through a mutual investor, and I helped him very early on, include you know with marketing and uh, go-to-market strategy and product and, and a lot of the consumer features that are were embedded in Zoom. Um, early on. And then one of the things I suggested is his original name to me wasn't so great. And I thought I could help him rename the company. And, and I've always had this this name Zoom in the back of my mind for, for a company. Um, and uh, fortunately, he was uh, he, he made the decision to change the name uh, from uh, Sasby to Zoom. And uh, I think it was a great name with the right call. And, you know, it, it really speaks to what this product does. It zooms us into each other. It's you know, it's a product that just always works so fast and, and you know, and it, it has that kind of um, ability to become a verb. And I think in, in today in American society, you know, people are t- talking about Zooming each other and they're Zoomers. And um, so, yeah, we, we do that with our companies. That's how early we, we start investing. And sometimes we get lucky enough to have them achieve, you know, the ability to reach and help 200, 300 million people and make this world a better place. And, and Eric and his team have been amazing. And I got to say, like, I, I don't want to talk too much about this. It's not a Zoom, um, you know, discussion, but I think, frankly, and there's been a lot of people not associated with Zoom at all writing about this. They've been really unfairly um, picked on by, by the media. And I understand why there's a lot of sensationalist stories about Zoom bombing and Zoom security features. And, you know, is it malware, all this stuff? Like, let's let's be fair. This company went from, a business enterprise Fortune 500, you know, solving problems for 500 companies to giving it away to, for free to, you know, high school, uh, elementary schools and colleges and helping people around the world stay in touch during this pandemic. They went from 10 million people to 200 million people literally overnight. And there were some issues that were just never anticipated. <laughs> and of course, as soon as those things came up, they built, there were security features that were already there in Zoom, by the way, but they made it easier for all of us to, to keep it safe. It just took a couple of days. And then, you know, and it just, I think, you know, it, the reality is any company is going to have some growing pains, but to be, to be cascaded like so unfairly so quickly, just, just didn't make sense to me. And I think it's calming down a lot and you're going to see yes. all these issues go away because the company, Eric is so transparent. He's out there in the media talking about, look, we made some mistakes. We've corrected them right away. We never intended for people to be zoom bombed. Of course, that's horrible. And it's never going to happen again. Here's why, et cetera. And I think that over time, you'll see that that's the kind of company that it is. They truly care about their customers' happiness and their employees' happiness, and it's a great company. Totally. Well, it makes a great headline to talk about these things. And, yes. and of course, I yeah. mean, any company would face incredible challenges scaling from 10 million customers to 200 million way, in one scaled. week. <laughs> and, they, and they scaled. It didn't go down. They did, that's yeah. Amazing. That's it is. It should be. It's like, how did this company scale from 10 million to 200 million people in a week and not fail? That's incredible. I, right? It is amazing. Okay, Jim, in our final moments yeah. together, I want to, I yeah. want to lightning round some of your, yeah. your other categories of trends. Okay. okay. Talk to us about event, conferences. What's happening to the conference yeah. industry and where's the opportunity there? Really excited about that. We're looking at some virtual event companies. We think that the, the idea of having to travel, you know, thousands of people having to travel and get together to these conferences costing millions and millions of dollars and, and lost productivity hours in, uh, you know, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, it's not going to go away, but they're going to be, you know, fewer of them and many more, more of them virtually. Um, we're already seeing it happening now. 
and uh, it's early days, and it's you know we have to work the kinks out. And frankly, Zoom has a head of virtual conference, uh, you know, uh, leader who's who's thinking about these issues. And I think Zoom will take care of some of it. I think there'll be companies that we built on top of Zoom that could take care of a lot of these features and make it a better experience. Um, we run a conference once a year, the Maven Hypergrowth Conference, and we're actually thinking about doing it virtually in the next month or two, just to also experiment and learn and get our community together. Uh, I think that you could potentially have conferences in the future that are also enhanced by the virtual experience. So it won't be just either or, it could be both. So huge opportunities there, um, and it's just starting. And you mentioned distance learning, which I'm excited about, uh, and I want to talk about it briefly. It's in the news now, right? Like what, what's happening now is, is changing education and will change it forever, and I think in a good way. I think it's, it's making us really rethink like how expensive – our university system is yep. and what you get for that. And right now there's a lot of discussion just today and, you know, on all the media I was reading t- this morning about how, you know, our university is going to keep charging the same amount for this, the rest of the semester. Or should they, should they refund? Certainly should refund whatever you paid for dorm and food, but how about for the schooling? You know, is it different? Are you getting the same, you know, and then what is the value of your education? Like, it's just, we're going to be rethinking this in a very significant way. Do, you know, do universities go away? No. Should they go away? Probably not. But do they change? Do they allow other people to join only by distance? Or do they allow people to be more flexible in how they want to achieve? Is it different pricing levels? Are professors and teachers going to have to learn how to teach differently in different modes? Yeah. These are all, and all of those create potential billion dollar business opportunities. And um, I, I think in a very healthy way. I love it. All right. I want to encourage everyone to check out Jim Scheiman's article. Jim, where can people learn more about you, follow along with all of your writing, see what you're doing at Maven? Uh, thank you for mentioning that. I, um, and before we go, we should talk about one other area in the distance learning um, that we're both involved with Epic Kids Book. So I want to yes, really excited Ep- about oh what they're my... doing. You should talk to yes, about tell... that, and then I'll, I'll mention where people can follow. Yeah, so that, I'm, on, I'm active on Twitter. I'm at Jim Scheinman. You can follow at Maven Ventures. That's our, we're very active on Twitter, um, active in LinkedIn. And, um, you know, you can subscribe to my blog on Medium. And this blog is um, the hope after the, uh, the pandemic, are there these 10 new consumer behaviors here to stay. You can um, certainly comment and I'll, and happy to you know, have conversations with people. But why don't we end on a little story about Epic? Yes, I love it. And and I've I've actually linked to your article on my Instagram also. So any if you go to at oh, Randy you. Zuckerberg on Instagram, you can you can find the link to Jim's article. Um, so yeah, Epic is first of all, my son, my eight year old son and I are teaching a live class on Epic this Friday about how to put oh. on a play from home. Awesome. So how to take your favorite book and turn it into a play. And we're going to be doing a workshop and acting out the play Scaredy Monster Rides a Bike live on epic but epic it's um i mean it's basically like a a library of thousands of children's books um you put in your child's age and and reading capability and it pulls up just thousands of books that can either be read aloud to your child or your your child can read them and you get notifications of how many minutes your child is reading they take reading comprehension quizzes it's awesome because they get the screen time and you feel like you're winning at being a parent Nice. Yeah, it's a great company. By the way, <laughs> this they've given it away. They have a free service and a paid service, and it is exploding. I mean, it, you know, there's so many now, millions of new customers thanks to the pandemic. And, and like you said, parents feel good about their kids 
in screen time because they're reading and they're learning and they're engaging. And the, the gamification features they have are really fun. Kids get little rewards when they finish books and they just want to keep reading and parents are just thrilled. I love it. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. Definitely encourage everyone to check out your fantastic article and hope to have you back on the show soon. Sounds great. Good luck on your epic show. That sounds exciting. Thank you. Take care. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 